Sacktown Sports. Headlines. Good morning, Sacramento. My name is Kyle Ledbetter. These are your Sacktown Sports headlines. The Sacramento Kings had a 17-point lead. They were on their way to their first preseason win against the Warriors before Steph Curry happened. Curry, eight seconds to go. Puts it on the floor. Stops, launches, scores the three-pointer. 116-115. Steph Curry had 15 points in the fourth quarter, including the game-winning three-pointer that you just heard with five seconds to play. In baseball, Game 3 of the NLCS between the Philadelphia Phillies and Arizona Diamondbacks is today at 2 p.m., and the Texas Rangers and Houston Astros play Game 4 of the ALCS at 5 p.m. Also, the Sacramento Kings play tonight at Golden 1 Center against the Utah Jazz in their final preseason game. That game is going to be right here on Sacktown Sports. It is 11.01, which means it's time to check out Capital Casino, conveniently located at 411 North 16th Street in downtown Sacramento. And reminder, all guests and callers join us from the Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop. Those are your headlines. It's time for more of Styles and Watkins here on Sacktown Sports. The only station in Sacramento giving you local sports coverage from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday. Sacktown Sports. We are back. Sacktown Sports. Styles and Watkins taking you up till 2 p.m. Talking all things Kings. And we might do some Niners. Probably Niners tomorrow. We'll see. Please. We'll see how it goes. Because there's actually, there's actually something to talk about now. I've been complaining them to talk about this. I know, talk about right? Now. You got some injuries. You got some. Not that we, you know. Some. I no, 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 no. Just saying that is a storyline to follow. They also lost. They also you lost. Know, they're also playing my favorite team on Monday. So that's right. I've that's got some right. thoughts. And real quick, for those still getting to know me, I went to Temple University. <laughs> Forgot uh, for a well, second. I was going to say because Kyle Draper as well. I was oh, going to gotcha, add that gotcha, in gotcha. there for the drive guys and PJ Walker. Our guy, wow. XFL MVP, got to be Temple's best QB ever. Has to I, be. I, just off the top of my head, he's the one who gets the W against the then undefeated Niners. So shout out to PJ for holding it down, and hopefully the Niners can get back on track. And hopefully the Kings can get back on track when the real track starts as we talk preseason basketball. And yesterday... And this might lead, and after this, we'll talk about the Warriors announcers because they did say a lot, but they were talking about their depth, right? Yeah. The the Warriors' depth. Yeah. And it made me think because a lot of people think that everything is good, right? In this age, everybody's got a mic. I've always said nobody has ever made a bad podcast right. in their mind. Right. Right. As soon as the podcast that was great said, episode, great episode. Dude. Killed it. That was kind of fire. That was great. I mean, if we keep doing this, bro. Dude. We can, we, can be, up, we can be Pat McAfee, bro. Oh my God. If we keep if we keep doing this. And I'm starting to think it's the same thing with, I would say, contending teams and depth. Yes. Every contending team thinks they have depth. Great bench. All Great bench. Strength in numbers. Yep. We got it. Because I'm listening yesterday, last night, as I'm or watching, and the Warriors announcers are talking about the Warriors' depth. Mm-hmm. And they go... You know, we're just kind of loaded all around. When you look at the guards, you got Steph Curry. I'm like, okay. You got Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Chris Paul. And then who else do you got? You got Corey Joseph wow. and Pajemski. Mm. And I'm thinking. Strong. Uh, 
couple of those things are not like the others. What is the definition of depth at this point? Bodies. Because bodies, <laughs> yes. right? Let the bodies hit the floor. Yeah. Like, what are we talking about? Because, yeah, you got guys that could they, they threw Moses Moody in there, who's kind of a combo guard. And okay. I like Moses Moody, sure. right? I would actually put him in the, would, and not no disrespect to Corey Joseph, but. I would put him before Corey Joseph. I, I would definitely put him before yes. Corey Joseph because you got Corey Joseph who, you know, he's kind of bounced around. We know. We know. We, but, we, we yes. went through a Corey Joseph experience. I think everybody has at yeah. some point. Then you got Pajemski who might be with, in Santa Cruz surfing for yes, half of the season. Will. So what is the definition of depth at this point? I think it's just the. I think depth. It means that you have really good starters, and then you have people that just are there. Like you have guys. You have technically bodies to throw. Like people would say, campaign is depth, and it's like right. All right, like Cameron Payne again is he is a backup point guard. Like yeah. he just he is that role. He's serviceable. And he's, yeah, he's like, serviceable. And I, I don't know if Corey. Jo- I, I I would. I would take pers- campaign. I would over take Corey campaign Joseph. over Corey Joseph <laughs> ten out of ten times and twice on Thursdays. Uh, but I mean, yeah, I, I think that that's, it, I, I don't know what depth is because in my opinion, I mean, not to add to, to the confusion of what is depth. I think the Kings are truthfully one of the deepest teams in the NBA. And when that's just like, you look at the guys and you, every single team would yeah. love to have a lot of the Kings bench on their bench. And that's, that's what I feel. I mean, cause if you're going to say Podzemski, sure. Like maybe some teams would we like to take know. that risk, but then like Corey Joseph, I don't think any team would volunteer to have Corey Joseph as their main back. And I know he's not going to be right. – Chris Paul is going to be their main backup, but that's not depth. The Warriors not do depth. not have depth. You cannot say the Warriors have good depth. You can say they have bodies. It was better <laughs> that's than really last it. year. Like, it's yeah, better they, than last they year. They have playable guys. They're not throwing out uh, – what was that big guy? Anthony Lamb out there oh, anymore. Man. They're not. He's th- not even in the league he anymore. He shouldn't. He yeah. shouldn't. He, I didn't think he was in the league in the first place. I could, couldn't believe it. They're not running Damian Lee out there anymore. No. You're not running JT. God bless JTA, but they're yeah. not running Descano Anderson out there anymore. Right. They have some actual guys who have been in rotations for playoff teams, but – they're not elite role players by any stretch of the imagination. They're just guys who have done that role before and yeah. are at least kind of playable. Sorry to do this to you, Chris, but uh, after signing a $37 million contract in 2019 with the Kings, Corey Joseph played 116 games, averaged 6.5 points a game. Uh-huh. What is that telling me? That Corey Joseph was, in fact, a king, and he was bad. Oh, I knew that. I, I This is more for Styles in the audience. Oh, I That's like, why I, I said sorry to do this. Yeah. Oh, I was like, I didn't need numbers to tell you how yeah. bad Corey. Uh, me and Frankie on our podcast have a Kojo Award for right. I mean, we renamed the the Coke machine of the game, the Corey Joseph Award, because yeah. we just continually gave him an award for being out there, Man. but not doing anything while he's out there. Yeah, and look, there are levels to having different players and and again the question is is depth just being serviceable mm-hmm. or is is depth be functional depth is yeah. hey i still am worried about this yes, guy it's additive yeah right right i we Jordan can't Poole sleep is depth. to be fair yes. he really was yes. he really was now not when he's not slipping and sliding and doing the michael jackson <laughs> and the usher yeah. the usher dance because i don't know what it is with his shoes or whatever shout out to jordan in washington we'll get we'll get to we'll get there cuz he was balling he, he was balling and he i was and shooting I, i'm one of those guys who in the Bay, I'm a Jordan Poole guy. Yeah. 
right? And I have a pool party shirt, and I thought he got a bit of a raw deal out here. That out oh, I will. I, yeah. you know, I'm I'm moving, yeah. So I'm going through all my right, stuff. You have all your I said, shirts and stuff. You make this trip. This is you coming with this. us. You, make yeah. this. you can make this trip. You can make this trip. <laughs> so, as far as the Kings are concerned, now we know how general the word right depth is. Yep. Do you think? That the king, if you take off your king's glasses, yes. your king's lens glasses, yeah. do you think the kings have depth or do they just have bodies? I think they have depth. I think Malik Monk is a guy who would start for uh, uh, some teams in this league. I think he's a guy that every single team in the NBA would love to have come off their bench. Mm-hmm. I think Davion Mitchell is somebody that every every team would love to have. Uh, just on their team. I don't necessarily know if they would have him, you know, in the same role that the Kings do, but I think every team would love to have a guy like Davion Mitchell. Mm-hmm. And then it gets into, you know, every team has some flyers like Sasha. We have high expectations for hasn't really produced so far this preseason, but I'm still willing to say that a EuroLeague MVP should be able to produce something right. at some point this year off the bench. JaVale is a role player. He's been that guy. He's more of just a body, but he's also a you know a guy who is very experienced and very veteran at that position. I would say that's positive depth. Yes. I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily, you know, adding to an elite bench or anything, but it's a good another name to throw out there. And then yeah, I mean the other guys are flyer. I would say Duarte is also another really good depth piece that's a positive, and I think a lot of teams would like to Joseph. So I would say, yeah, the Kings have Three to four guys coming off their bench that I would say universally every single team in the NBA would love to have off their bench. Not just like, oh, yeah, we'll take him. But I think with Monk, with Mitchell, and with Duarte especially, and and maybe if you want to throw in JaVale, I think every single team would take those guys on their bench. I would agree with that. And, again, it's not really surprising because— Even Lyles. I didn't even mention Trey Lyles as well. Yeah, and and I would— What's obvious is that the Warriors never have any money right. because of the guys exactly. that they're paying. they're paying. So Steph it's not Draymond. even disrespectful to Corey no. Joseph. It's hey, if you're if you're if the Warriors brought you in, right? It's probably because you were inexpensive yep. and you can do just enough. Yes. And really, the the biggest the biggest get that I feel like doesn't fit that mold with the Warriors was Dario Saric. Mm-hmm. And they don't get Saric if Chris Paul's not there. Right, Because he loved playing with him right, in, Phoenix. in Phoenix. So besides that, yeah, I, I don't know that I would say that the Warriors have depth. No. I, if you compare, and that's why, going back to the last segment, in terms of that ceiling, no, the Kings don't have Steph Curry, right. but they also don't have to anymore have to yeah. run out Corey Joseph, exactly. right? So exactly. What, what do you think helps more... Yeah. Throughout the duration of a season, I think where it gets sticky is that this is exactly a microcosm of what the Kings have going on. Mm-hmm. Because somebody like the Warriors, who are fairly top heavy and also older, that regular season record is not going to look anywhere near the Kings. Right. But when you get to the playoffs, right. Which that's is more when beneficial to you. the depth, I mean, how many, what's the rotation going to be anyway? Eight. Right. Maybe. So you need Nine. eight high level yeah. players. So you have your regular season version where I think the Kings are in a great position. I believe Michael Wilbon said he has a crush on the Kings yes, and said he picked the Kings to win the West. Yes, sir. Right. One Which kind of tracks what we've been saying. They're young. They can go after it. There's mm-hmm. only a couple teams in the West that can really go after it. But once you get there, 
who is going to elevate right. when it's money time. Yeah, I think the depth is is just a good insurance plan. Like it's good for like you're saying the regular season, just the length of the regular season, and and who knows with injuries as well. Like if you have Chris Duarte who's going to be able to step in for if Kevin Herter goes down, and you're probably not really going to miss a beat. You might even be better and different of a looking uh, looking team. So. I think that that's where depth can come in, and maybe even it could be a benefit in the postseason for sure. It's not going to help with the national narrative. That's the reason why mm-hmm. you know a lot of people are picking the the Kings to finish last in the Pacific Division is because right. you look at the other teams, and yeah, it's easy to say, you know, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Chris Paul will be better than De'Aaron Fox and Demonis Sabonis. The name value mm-hmm. isn't quite there. You can say Anthony Davis and LeBron is scarier than what the Kings have going. You can say Paul George and Kawhi, even though they never play basketball, are a scarier combo than what the Kings have. But the depth is what's going to, I think, win win the Kings over for most of this season. And yeah. we'll see how, how it ends up playing out in the postseason. But I think depth is, is good even there as well. The more options you can go to in the playoffs, it's so much about matchups. It's good that the Kings have, hey, if we want to go small at the five, we can throw Trey Lyles in there for a series. But then if we have to go against the Lakers – we have to deal with Anthony Davis and Jared Vanderbilt and you know other big guys like that. We can throw JaVale McGee out there in that mm-hmm. series. So I think I'm and I think that's what Monty's banking on. I think the depth and just also the optionality that their roster gives them, yeah. I think is going to be a big benefit for them throughout this season and I think it's going to be a really really big plus for them hopefully in the playoffs. And Mike Brown, what was it? Either yesterday or a couple of days ago said there's only two starters locked in. Yeah. Right. There's only yeah. two starters locked in. So I think we could see a lot of different and a little bit later in the show. We'll talk about the different starting lineup combinations and how many that there will be. Might be looking like a Rubik's Cube <laughs> out here. So we got to get to a break. When we get back, 916-339-1140. This is your opportunity to complain about the Warriors announcers. Are they really that annoying or are you just a Kings fan? All that and more when we get back. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. Your flagship station for the Beam Team, Sacktown Sports. We're back. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports, taking you up till 2 p.m. as we give you a Costco free sample for what is to come October 26th, Thursday, the day before the Kings hopefully light the first beam of the season against, yes, those dudes from the Bay, the Golden State Warriors. And as we continue to talk, Chris, we spoke about the broadcasting yes. for the Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. And, you know, social media was having a heck of a time. Carmichael Dave said a, a list of things that we will not repeat mm-hmm. that he would rather do yes. than listen to the Warriors broadcast. I think you're <laughs> maybe a little bit more level-headed. Than our like guy Dave. I would like to think I so. I would like to think so. That guy's crazy. So what what are your thoughts? Do you mm-hmm. really think now I guess the question is how many other broadcasts do you listen to? Because uh-huh. my my thing about this is I feel like specifically we have a budding rivalry between the Warriors and Kings. That doesn't help. Mm-hmm. And I just think that everybody would complain about having to listen to the away sure the away broadcast the right. away oh, broadcast too much homerism here so i had a, I, I had a gig and you know we're setting up games and different things like that mm-hmm. and 
what it was was it got it got so nitty gritty. Now this was college sports specifically, but our system could only play could only show the home team's logo, mm-hmm. right? You could even hear your broadcast, but it would show the home team's <laughs> logo on the app, and people would literally hit up support saying. Why do I have to look at this logo, right? It's Auburn, Alabama. Why do I have to look at this Auburn logo from Alabama? So I understand fan is short for fanatic. So I'm just trying to figure out, I've listened to the Warriors broadcast for so long, right? As I continue, as I start to listen to Kings broadcast and other broadcasts as well, it's either that or national. Do they annoy you? Not really. No, for the most part, they really don't annoy me. And I actually, I actually kind of really like with the league pass experience because you get to choose which broadcast you listen to. And Mm -hmm. for the most part, I'll listen to the home broadcast. You get a better energy to the game, you know, especially if it's, yeah, if it's a home game and you know, the crowds behind them as well, I'm usually going to listen to the, to the home broadcast. And for the most part, yeah, like there's going to be Homer moments, but you know, also you get a different level of insight. You understand, you know, the Mark Jones is going to talk a lot more about Sasha Vizenkov Mm -hmm. than, what the Charlotte Hornets broadcast would if they're playing the Kings. So yeah. I, I like to kind of get the insight to what the fans are, are talking about. And for the most part, I think local broadcasts, even though they are, they have their Homer elements for the most part, they do a good job of calling the game straight. It's just the, I don't know what really it was about the broadcast that annoyed me. So it wasn't like <laughs> the overall sound of it, but it honestly was just the content, the things that they were saying yeah. were, were really infuriating. Like it just, it didn't feel like uh, it was just too Homerism. It was too right. over the top. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't a very educated broadcast in my mm. opinion, like them saying, Oh yeah, you got to go at Keegan Murray every time. Like, yeah, I'm not saying Keegan Murray's a great defender or what he's of the not better, Jordan pool, but he's not, now. he's not Kevin Herter. He's not, right. you know, like there's better options to go after. And I wouldn't say Keegan's a turnstile defensively. Uh, and there was, you know, there was other things too. I didn't enjoy the hour long interview Man. with the Warriors so, team president Brandon or whatever that Schneider, was. that's who it was. I didn't understand that. I, I'm sitting there. It's a segment, man. You got it. It's a time. One, no, you, it was a one whole to quarter. two timeouts max. That's quarter. what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't know if that was because it was preseason, but I literally, you know, I'm, I'm watching, I'm writing down notes, and I keep hearing this voice. I'm, I'm like, I look at the bottom, it says, you know, his name, Brandon yeah. They're still interviewing this guy. And then at one point, he's doing pseudo play-by-play. Yeah, I don't know if he was even like, all right, this is getting a little long. Like, do I need to? Yeah, do you guys want, am I trying out for something, right? I'm the president, the chief operating, you know, officer. Maybe I can do some other things because, you know, he's sitting there. He's talking about, yeah, you know, and uh, everything we have going on. Thrive City, all that. As Chris Paul makes a corner three. I'm like, whoa. (laughs) Why was he actually kind of good though? Yo Lang. Come on. <laughs> I'm thinking yeah, by the by the end of it, I'm, I'm thinking, you know what? He he might have been the best broadcaster I, I of the day. I might have preferred his play by play than hearing about Thrive City for what 30 <laughs> minutes. So look, it's preseason for everybody. Yeah. And and here's the thing about play by play. And I've done a small amount of play by play with yeah. a women's basketball league out in the bay. And it was a lot of fun. I got into my NBA street bag, and yeah. you know, they had a lot of fun with that. Because here's the thing. You're play-by-play person. You're not just getting hated on by opposing fans. Yeah. You're also getting hated on by your own fans. And that's the thing that I've noticed about the Warriors broadcast. It's not just road. It's not just opposing teams it's that not. don't like their broadcast. There is a lot of Warrior, like a lot of Warrior fans who do not like their broadcast I and mean, haven't liked their broadcast. Even like through the KD years, they're right. like. 
this is this right, is which terrible, was a, which was corny. One of the same, one of the same, and then they added somebody yes, else. Right. But I just always thought, to be completely honest with you, I just thought that's how it was, right? I mean, right. <laughs> us yeah. as hosts, yeah, people like us, people hate us. It's just part of the gig. So I didn't right. know. If, I didn't think it was a specific. Warriors thing, I no, thought, okay, Kings fans, some of them probably roast their guys, and Hornets fans, some of them probably, because yeah, nobody's sure. ever happy, but Definitely. you're telling me, based on the numbers and the ratio, yeah. it does not look the same. No, it doesn't. I mean, I, I, yeah, I have Warrior fans in my life who have been telling me for years that they can't stand the broadcast, mm-hmm. that it is a little bit, even they find it, like, too Homer-ish, yeah. and, you know, too much of... Oh my gosh, Steph Curry is just, <laughs> he's just the best. And the not only is quarter, he a great basketball quarter. player, but he's an even better person. Yeah. And is this true. is what Dub it's Nation's true. all about. No one's better than you, Dub Nation. And it's just, it's exhausting. I just think Steph's just enough. Care. Yeah, right. it's just Warrior well, Broadcast. I'm wondering enough. now, is part of that just being connected to the Warriors? Sure. I mean, it definitely is. Like, they, they play into, I mean, the Warriors know they're great, and they play into the fact mm-hmm. that they know that they're great. And I think that's what's so annoying is nobody wants to hear about how great you are, especially not the, the home broadcast. I think, you know, you're supposed to, especially, you know, the Warriors are a couple years removed from from success. It just feels like, you know, they 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 still carry themselves as if they're light years, and I'll use their term, yeah. light years ahead of everybody else. And, you know, the reality of the situation is they're in the mud just as much as the Kings are, just as much as the Lakers and the yeah. Sun. Like, they don't levitate above everybody else anymore. No. And, yeah, Steph Curry's great, but there's 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 a good handful of, of other great guys out there that, that are – I'm definitely not at his level, but right. you know, let's not act like he is he is Jesus walking on water. No, well it's not even about Steph. It's about who's there to help Steph. Yeah. You know, because we saw Well the depth. The depth. Right. Depth. Right. The well, depth no, well you got Corey Joseph. Poetic about. You got Corey yeah. Joseph, you got Pajemski. Yeah. Okay. You got you got some guys. There but, was not enough Andrew Wiggins love yesterday either, but no, he was balling. Wiggins was Balling. I'm telling out. you, man. Oh, my. The Kings have no – they didn't have any no. answer for him in the playoffs. It was more of the same yesterday. And, it, yeah, if you want to – if Azubuki wants to be right about – like, maybe it is the fact that if if Andrew Wiggins is lined up against Keegan Murray, it just – it didn't matter. It didn't, Kevin Herter had a hand in his face. Don't Keegan bother. was guarding him. Yeah. Didn't matter. I thought Andrew Wiggins was just incredible last night. Yeah. Didn't hear anything about him on the broadcast. Well, and now, to bring it back – that is what we're hoping. Is there something left in the tank, Harrison Barnes, right. for a jump yeah. like that? Not not after watching last night. Yeah, I didn't even see him last night. Did he even match up against Wiggins? I didn't. I don't know because I didn't see him out there. Why? I didn't notice him. He played how many minutes? Did how many minutes do you think Harrison Barnes played last night? I just, just looked it up. And I did not think it was thirty three. Harrison Barnes played thirty three minutes, which is uh, just about as much as he played more than De'Aaron Fox did yesterday. That's that's insane. I didn't see him. You, I didn't see him once. And like normally, I mean, normally I'm not a big Harrison Barnes guy in the first place. But normally, I'll even give you the caveat of like he's doing the dirty work. He does stuff that you don't see. He's guarding Andrew Wiggins. He's night. slowing him down. Nothing. Just absolutely nothing. He made Harrison one was. shot from the field. I don't remember it. Neither do I. I can't tell you anything. I can't even tell you a single shot. I remember he took uh, two threes, if I'm not mistaken. He took four. I remember two threes that weren't even close to getting in. I think he made his first three-point attempt. Look, and and I know we got to get to a break. And you know what? I don't want to do this because you told me no, right? (laughs) But at the same time, 
You got, and I know Sabonis played well. He missed some free throws, but you got Harrison who disappears. Does De'Aaron look like the same guy? I know it's season, but do do you feel comfortable again if the same thing happens again, mm-hmm. right? And we'll know more on Friday. Yep. Be sure to tune in for the home opener. But would you feel comfortable with the Warriors and the Kings, even if the Kings, if Kings are the one seed and the yep. Warriors sneak in? I still don't feel comfortable. I think it's up here. I don't I think feel it's great. in the noggin. That's for sure. I think I'll it's tell in you the that noggin. Right now. I, I, I would not feel great. I would not either. All right, got to get to a break. When we get back, we thought it would be about Vizinkoff and Herder. Turns out it's about Colby Jones and Chris Duarte. <laughs> yes, we'll sir. explain when we get back. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. Sacktown Sports. Good morning, Sacramento. My name is Kyle Ledbetter. These are your Sacktown Sports headlines. The Sacramento Kings were up 17 points on their way to their first preseason win before Steph Curry happened. Curry, eight seconds to go, puts it on the floor, stops, launches, scores the three-pointer, 116-115. Curry had 15 points in the fourth quarter, including the game-winning three-pointer you just heard with five seconds to play. The Kings play their final preseason game tonight against the Utah Jazz. You can listen right here on Sackdown Sports starting at 5.30 p.m. The Las Vegas Aces defeated the New York Liberty 70-69 last night to secure the 2023 WNBA Championship. Asia Wilson won 2023 Finals MVP after posting an absurd 24 points and 16 rebounds in Game 4. Sacramento State football is back at home this Saturday night for a nationally televised primetime game versus the Montana State Bobcats. Kickoff is at 7.30 p.m. Get your tickets at hornetsports.com. Those are your headlines now let's return to more of Styles and Watkins right here on Sacktown Sports. Live and local, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday. Sacktown Sports. We're back. Sacktown Sports, Styles and Watkins as we get you set for the regular season of the Kings and the regular season of our new show. That's right, October 26th, Thursday. Taking a little break here, but we got you tomorrow, a little break, and then Thursday, we're coming back. We're in full effect getting you ready for the Kings home opener. We'll also be going over whatever happens to happen in Utah with the Jazz. And like we said, the Jazz, hot start last season, very Very. hot. But a team ultimately that when you look at what the maybe three teams you don't really have to worry about in a stacked Western Conference, I'd put them there respectfully. Yeah, respectfully, I think, well, I I think that they can definitely surprise some people. I think they'll be a lot closer to like 40 wins than what people are thinking. But I I definitely don't think the Jazz are like a top end team that should be in the same tier as the Kings. I think that they fall in that frisky, like I think they're going to be much like a a Pacers of the West, where yeah. it's like they got some good players. Can't roll the ball out. Any yeah, any given night they can definitely beat you because, like you say, the ball is going to get rolled out and you never know what's going to happen. But uh, no, I don't. I don't necessarily think that they're a massive problem for the for the King. Someone who should be uh, of the King's caliber. 
Yeah. I mean, they strike me as a team. Every team, when you watch a winning team, right? Mm -hmm. And I know we put a lot on the Warriors third quarters, but it's not just the Warriors. Most games, this is how it goes. Unless there's just an avalanche at home, Mm -hmm. right? But But basically, I'm talking about away Away games for good teams. Normally what what will happen is if the team is decent, let's say the Jazz level, what will happen Mm -hmm. is it'll be close in the first quarter. It'll be back and forth in the second quarter. That third quarter for most teams is where you start to separate one way or the other. And I think that there are so many of those teams in the West that it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. The only teams that you could maybe just roll the ball out, the Rockets – and that feels, yeah, I think they're going to be and frisky. They spent a, a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Portland brought in Por- Ime. I don't know about Portland. Port- Portland's not going to be very good. <laughs> Let me just good, say but they're that they're going to be frisky. I mean, they'll have some players that can. Again, if you overlook them on a given night, they'll they can they can put it up on you. And and you know, San Antonio the as well. Spurs, I don't I think the Spurs say. really have much to be feared of. Of course, Wemby is going to be fun to watch. Right. But I wouldn't really be afraid of the Spurs. But for the most part, I mean, I I think. Maybe I just have too much respect for teams like Houston and, mm-hmm. and like Utah, but I don't think that there's really any slouch. I wouldn't even say that those teams, those two teams, I Portland more so than Utah, but I wouldn't say either of those teams are guaranteed to be trash. So this year. Utah's yeah. over under right now is at thirty five and a half wins for the season. It's a tough number. They won thirty seven yeah, last that's year. That's a really tough. And number. how many of those were in the first two months? A lot, a good good <laughs> handful. But they also, you know, they under the under the radar. They brought in John Collins this year. Who knows yeah. what that does? I don't uh, know what to make of him. I don't either, and I don't think anybody does. Right. But they got him for cheap. Didn't have to give him up much. Uh, still have Jordan Clarkson, one of the best six men in the That's league. Right. Got Laurie Markkinen, who had a huge career resurgence, or I guess you can call it a career resurgence last year. He was year. supposed to be the guy, though. He was. He was, <laughs> yeah. And he, I mean, he showed it last year. He was an all-star. Uh, you got Walker Kessler over there, who's mm-hmm. another going to be another year more still experienced. still got Olenek. Still got Olenek as well and got a great hook coach. I love Will Hardy. I think Will Hardy's one of the best coaches in the NBA. Apparently their starting shooting guard is Talon Horton Tucker. That's not great. Don't love that. Hey. Definitely don't love that. Is Colin Sexton still their their point guard? Sexton's the backup. Who's who's their starter? Sexton. Uh, Clarkson. Clarkson starts for them now. I would assume. Oh, okay. I mean, maybe maybe they flip Sexton and Clarkson, but you know, Clarkson is their yeah, main main. Interesting. Interesting. It's also interesting. I don't love those guards. When we talk about somebody that is almost a fan favorite already and hasn't played a regular season game in Vizinkov, there's Man. so much attention on yeah. what he's going to be, and everybody is looking for that that next big thing, yep. right? Whether it's the music industry, yep. it's TikTok, yep. it's up, who is going Who's to up pop? Next? Who is who is up next? Who is going to pop for us? And Vizinkov is a guy who I don't know that he has played under expectations, but I think people were maybe hoping to see more quickly, even though Mike Brown and everybody told you, (laughs) don't get your expectations too high. And then I just kind of lumped him and and Kevin Herter together because Herter is a guy who had a rough playoff. So two guys that we think that if they get back on track, the Kings will be in a good spot. And then you start playing the actual games or the, yep. the preseason games, and you see Kobe Jones balling out. Balling. Shout out Xavier. Balling. Wow. Yeah. I like what I'm seeing. Yeah. And you got Chris Duarte, who I think everybody thought he'd be a good addition, but now you're you might be a starter. Flirting with it. You yeah. might be a starter. So I think we were focused on one thing, not to say that Vazinkov and Herder can't figure it out. Right. But what we're seeing from Kobe Jones and Chris Duarte, that is something that could help the Kings. When you talk about depth, yes. that's something that could help the Kings expeditiously yes no I mean Duarte he can help on the defensive end and 
he's somebody who I mean, Mike Brown has really, really opened up the the conversation for what Chris Duarte would look like in that starting lineup when he when he inserted him in the other day uh, and kind of like you said earlier mentioned that there's really only two guaranteed starter spots. Mm-hmm. Really gets your mind going, and it's the reality is it's probably three or four that are locked down. He just kind of wants to keep. Right, you know, wants to keep the pressure. Sure, off I mean of Keegan Kevin is in there. And Keegan's in there, and yeah. they don't have anyone else besides HP to go to. So. Yeah, unless yeah. they're going to throw Sasha or Trey Lyles into the starting lineup. HP is also in the lineup. Yes. Uh, so I mean, you know, when you think about what Duarte could bring potentially to that starting lineup, I think the thing that people have talked about a lot is his defensive physicality and just what he brings on that end. And you don't have to lose a lot on the offensive end. Now, is he as dynamite of a shooter as Kevin Herter? Probably not exactly, but he's also not a slouch. I wouldn't say he's a negative in that sense. So I I could see a real possibility of Chris Duarte might might start a good handful of games and might really have impact even in games where he doesn't start. He might finish games because at the end of the day, you know, as Abuki says, you can attack Keegan Murray. You'll attack Kevin Herter Go as well. And head. you want as few of those yeah. guys that are barbecue chicken, as Shaq would call them. Right. You want as few of those guys as possible to be hunted on the defensive end. And so, yeah, I could definitely see Duarte having a really big impact. And then Colby Jones, man, that's it's, – it's crazy because here in Sacramento, I say it all the time, but, like, we're so used to lottery picks mm-hmm. and putting so much faith into – how how is that lottery pick going to make us a better team this mm-hmm. year that it almost feels like when you know we didn't have a lottery pick and Colby Jones is an early second round pick you don't really factor him in you don't think that uh like that's he's a second rounder it's right. if you get anything from him it's gravy he looks like he's ready to play yeah i don't know if he's ready to play game 1 but it looks like the way that he's how comfortable he is right now the production that he was able to put up in the preseason mm-hmm. it feels like you give him 15, 20 games of real action, and he looks like a real rotation piece. Yeah, and there's one thing. It's not to say that players don't regress because it's possible. Definitely. But there's something to be said about feeling comfortable from Jump Street. Mm-hmm. And Kobe Jones feels very comfortable. Yes. Right? We're, we might get to Niners today. Brock Purdy-esque. Brock Purdy has always looked comfortable, mm-hmm. not as if, oh, it's going to catch up to him yep. or he's got happy feet or whatever. Yeah. The moment does not seem too big. These college players, I think it, it, it as much as I know the G League is starting to get going, but I personally, I'm a bit old school. Yeah. I like a college player. I like an NCAA guy. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's just I think there's just something that comes with it. Maybe some of their ceilings might not be as high right. as, you know, exactly. the, the, the G League runners and you got the overtime elite. I can't even keep up, no, to be completely honest with you. But you baller do, brand league. Baller, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you do have guys that, you know, understand the system, understand – full-on teamwork, understand these things. So Colby Jones looks like he's going yeah. to be one of those guys, and that goes to the depth piece that we're talking about when it comes to the Kings. And I think that, how about this? You get Colby Jones, who you weren't expecting, mm-hmm. right? You get Chris Duarte, who I think is probably playing above expectations right now, yeah. and you still have time for Herter and Vizinkov to figure it out. Figure it out, right. Now exactly. you're really cooking, because I'll tell you what, you're saying, oh, does does... Chris Duarte shoot like Kevin Herter? No. Does Kevin Herter shoot like Kevin Herter right <laughs> Not now? Right now. <laughs> Not right now. Not right now. He shoot so, like you and me right now. Exactly. So hopefully he turns it around, and I think yeah. it could be a little bit sticky whenever you're dealing with starters and, you know, the egos that people have. But at the end of the day, you know, a couple weeks ago when – 
you and Whitey sat down with Malik Monk. If anybody should ever have a gripe after what Malik Monk did to the Warriors, yep. if Malik Monk is okay with coming off the bench, Kevin, yep. you should be What's okay with coming off the bench too because Malik can really get it going, mm-hmm. right? And we know that. And he is in a position where, you know, he wants to show people what he can do. But if he's willing to chill out and understand what's best for the team, everybody should be taking that identity. Yeah, no, and I mean, it makes me wonder. I do I do get a little worried about Kevin Herter. If he's not in that starting lineup, I'm not entirely certain what his role is and like how it feels like he might be a little expendable at that point as well. And, and I think the Kings are going to have to find a delicate balance. If Herter can't get it going, that is, of, okay, how do we give this guy touches that are still similar to the touches he was getting as a starter – but also, I mean, if it's not there, if it continues to not be there, we can't just keep going to that well and keep expecting it to turn around. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's a good problem to have, I guess, is is the fact that, yeah, Kevin Herter isn't playing well, but at least you have Duarte. You have other guys that can, you know, hopefully alleviate his struggles. I I don't know what to expect out of Kevin Herter this year. I mean, he, he really hasn't shot well. He didn't shoot well like the last month of the season, really struggled in the postseason as well, and now starting off the preseason not hitting shots, I don't know what to say. Like, I, it's You can't just say, oh, once the regular season starts, no. he's, his shots just Because then it starts start to get up in. here. It starts to get in the dome. And mm-hmm. once it gets in the dome, it, it can be a little tough. And yep. as we've kind of joked about before, as we – talk about the baseball playoffs you can't be a dh nope right no he's already you're already a dh exactly so if you're you are a dh and you're not hitting Mm -hmm. right you are not helping the team not at all not at all okay and if you really do in this day and age if i'm gonna have a dh and i know he might not be living up to his expectations as a lottery pick but i'm taking davion mitchell because i can find guys to put the biscuit in the basket right i i it's harder to find a guy that's going to give his full effort yep. on defense. Yep. So not to put them pit them against each other, right. but when you're looking throughout the league, you can find dudes that can score. No, absolutely. And, you know, I don't I don't want to bring up the conversation of, you know, getting Kevin out of here, but it is also, you know, the Kings are in this in between where they're 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 scrappy. They're we mm-hmm. we you know, they're in that three to seven range in the Western Conference. At what point, if if Kevin doesn't have it going, do they look and say, hey, we have a guy that has made you expendable. You're mm-hmm. kind of this floating piece. Let's let's shop him around a little. What does Kevin Herter's value look like? Yeah. Can you package Kevin Herter with Harrison Barnes or Davion wow. Mitchell or wow. something else? Like, can you, You're going to do this when we're up against the break. I'm just You're saying, can HB you get to there? another level? You're going to throw HB out there? Yes. Now we got to talk oh, about that when yep. we get back. Because we will do that yep. and much more. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. The only station in Sacramento giving you local sports coverage from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday. Sacktown Sports. We are back. Sacktown Sports. Chris was about to hit these high notes. You sing Chris at all? No, 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 no. You got a little voice on you? No. I can do like a like a mock John Legend, but like that's about as far as my singing goes. I won't ask you to do it now. Thank you. But Appreciate I will it. come ask out at some you point. to do it at at some point. Yeah. What about karaoke? You get into karaoke? No. Don't like attention solely on me. That would be way too many like Yeah, that's eyeballs. why you do a radio show. Well, like no one's looking at. I mean, I guess We're you, on the YouTube. You two are, but it doesn't feel as 
All know. right. It doesn't feel the same. It does the not feel the same. The only thing we got was Chris one time almost singing Fallout Boy. Going ah. That was pretty great. I'm going to need to hear that, that. that once was, a week. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. It'll, it'll happen. These things happen naturally, you know? <laughs> got a couple impressions that i can yeah. whip out but it's gotta it's gotta be organic you know i'm no i'm, I'm no you know, oh i'm gonna have to play no, like you that, know what you know? I'm, I'm with that too you know? because you know back in the day i think every kid has freestyled once or twice yes. and it's yeah just, for sure hey alan you know do it give do me it 16 now, yeah. you know i'm like I, the only time i do it is if you know those memes like when your mom is like do that dance do, do that yeah. new dance <laughs> i'll do it for the mom the sisters i'll do that but yeah. if, I, if i'm not related to no. you the grandmas I, the I'm friends who are like hey my no. friend alan actually does this yeah, great yeah. bit do on yeah. no, do that impression yeah do that one impression yeah. you did and it's never as good yeah. as when you've been doing it Man, it's tough being it's the funny tough. guy. The it really group. is. You know, People it don't takes understand. a toll. It's a lot of pressure. It it's really like, is. You know, I'm not trying to have save material. It's got to be. I'm, I'm more of an organic guy. Exactly. Know? I did stand up once. Yep. In 2019. It was actually a pretty big group of about 50, 60 people. Mm-hmm. Now, about 25 of them I brought. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. So, I, you know, because I need interesting. I, I feel like I would net. rather have people I don't know there. So it was a lot of my basketball buddies and just that local friends. That sounds even worse. No, what, that's you how, want people who will really right. rag on no, you for it? I, to be honest, yeah, but I got through it. I did about a, I did a seven-minute set, which yeah. they said was really long for your first time. Yes, it is. Never did it again. I wanted to cross it off the bucket list. Yeah. Sometimes I think about it, especially having a kid. I feel like I have a lot more material. Yeah, material, right. But I, I you know... It's kind of tough, man. It was very, it yeah. very nerve-wracking. I know, Kyle, you dabble. Yes, I am a stand-up comedian. Wow. Wow. It's a tough world, man. People are cruel. Yes. I mean, especially with the expectation of walking in and having the expectation of, like, this guy's supposed to make me laugh. It's almost like, I use this term, but it's like you're playing a road game. It's like, you know, it's like, I have to win you over here instead of, like, just walking in with no expectation being like, hey, you know, I... Kyle's friend Alan is actually right. really funny. I was I wasn't expecting anything, but he's no, a funny guy. No, I'm, it's different to walk on stage and be like, "This guy's supposed to make me laugh." And I paid money. Do it. Yeah. Do it. I now. dare you. Yeah. Now. <laughs> yes. yes. I, it's you're you're almost doing it in spite. Yes. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> Very much. So there are a lot of options that you can do in life and have yep. to entertain yourself and and a lot of different things. And Mike Brown has a lot of options. Yeah. As we've talked about, the starting lineups, there are only two lock spots, according to Mike Brown, yep. with DeMontis Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox. Yep. Do we think it's actually two? Probably not, nope. but we get the reason yes. why he's yeah. saying it. And my question to you is, a word that we've used these last couple years has been fluid, mm-hmm. right? Right. And very similar to the shirt that I'm wearing, the Giants, and that fluid rotation and fluid lineup, which yes. a lot of us don't love. Do you think that there is a world with the Kings where their lineup could be fluid? And it's, it's, you got your set three, four yeah. guys, or maybe, maybe three guys. Yeah. And then that four or five kind of depends on who you're playing. Cause a lot of teams don't do that. Yeah. Right. Maybe a different guy here or there, but a lot of teams, you kind of set it and forget it. Mm-hmm. Do you see a world like that? And do you think the Kings could be successful doing it? Yeah. I mean, you know, I I I personally still don't think so. I think Mike Brown really liked the continuity of last year 
rolling out the same starting five game after game after game after game after game. Mm-hmm. I believe they played 70 games together, that starting five. It might have even been more than that. Uh, it was by far the most of any lineup combination in the NBA. So that's that's really my main defense for it. It I, I could argue, as we were talking about in the last segment, like I think there is a conversation for Duarte entering that lineup and how different it looks and just you know what it can do for the team. I feel like Harrison Barnes needs to be a mainstay again, just because I don't think throwing in Trey Lyles or throwing in Sasha is really a, a good move. I don't really see what you're gaining from that. So if we're really having the talking about more so, Hey, it should it be Herder Duarte or maybe even Malik Monk on given nights. I think there's a conversation to be had for sure. But I think for the most part, I would like, Whatever your starting rotation is, that is it. And unless there's an injury, you don't really touch it. Okay. No, I understand why you would feel like that. But I will also say that with depth comes options. Yes, sir. And if it makes sense or if the whole slump, I wouldn't even say the slumping thing. Mm -hmm. I think it would be the only way I would do this is if it's, hey, we're facing – the Timberwolves who have a bigger team. We're going this way. We're facing the Warriors who have a smaller team. We're going that way. That's how I would do it. I would not, don't get it twisted. I am not doing it based on, oh, Herder slumping. We're going to, you know, now if that could be a conversation, but I wouldn't really do it based on that because guys need to get a rhythm going. Guys need to feel, you can't feel like somebody is behind you all the time yeah. and there's footsteps. At some point, you're going to have to produce, but that's a, there's a good balance there and there's a dance that you have to do. So I hear you on that. I would just say that, hey, if the, if Mike Brown thinks he can pull it off and there's not one, if there is a lineup, and maybe it's something that ends up happening throughout the season, if their set lineup keeps losing to a certain type of team. Sure. Right? That's where you and can it's, maybe we switch We can't up, just yeah. keep holding L's right. because we don't want to change the lineup. I could see that. But at the end of the day, there's a reason that most teams don't do it. Yeah. I would say one team that does kind of do it would be the Warriors. Yeah. Because Looney's in, Looney's out. But even right. the Warriors... They kind of said it at some point. It was just that weird thing about Jordan Poole. Yeah. And, oh, by the way, that's why they shipped Jordan Poole to Chocolate City. Right. So I, I understand why the fluid thing and the dynamic lineup isn't a thing. Yeah. Because you need guys to feel like they understand their roles. Yeah. Then you have situations where Alex Len doesn't play all season. And then, <laughs> and then he just gets thrown in. Get called in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna use I'm gonna use what you said at the start of the show because I think that very much applies here. I think for the most part, how I would attack the starting, at least the starters. I'm not saying you know your rotations. I would almost argue that they should be fluid as possible. You should be totally game uh, game dependent on what you're gonna do with your rotations and your lineups to an extent. Right. Um, but I'm gonna use what you said at the start of the show, uh, and I think this should be a, a, with the starting lineup. You shouldn't worry about what those other guys. You should worry about what you're, what you do, mm-hmm. and what you're trying to do with that lineup, and just try and maximize whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish right. with that starting lineup. I don't think that tweaking here and there. I understand why you you could do it on given nights, but for the most part, I think with starters, and I think starting is is starting to kind of get to the conversation where everybody understands it's not really what's important. It's really Mm -hmm. more important about who finishes the games. But I think with the starters, you keep what you know, 
and and you just run with that as long as you can unless like you're saying unless somebody is is just really really struggling out there I like continuity. I just think that it's the best possible way of, of getting the most consistent results every single night. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's got to know their role. That's just kind of part of the gig and part of life. All right, got to get to a break. When we get back, straight up, very simple question. Has the Kings preseason worried you? 916-339-1140. If you want to be a part of the conversation, Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. We'll be right back.